We have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. When you read and find out why the Holy Ghost is given is a comforter. It's a guide to lead you into all truth. But it's also a witness. Peter recognized that it was the witness that God was pouring out his spirit on all flesh, not just at Jerusalem, but when he stood in Cornelius' house and he said, I know that God is with them because when he poured it out, he said they received it just like we did. They were speaking in other tongues just like we did. It's a witness. It's for a sign. It's a faith builder. Building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. When you let the Spirit of the Lord begin to speak, what greater witness could you have? What greater faith builder could you have than that God has placed His Spirit inside of me? It's a sign. And I'm thankful today that God will give us assurance. I, I don't know how anybody with the Holy Ghost ever doubts what God can do, but I know we do because we're human. But sometimes, you know, when your faith is high, it's when you're thinking, how does anybody ever doubt God? But then you remember, well, I can think of several times <laughs> that I've wondered, where you at, God? What's going on? That's that, that good old flesh we have to wrestle with, isn't it? But I believe God's building faith in this room today, strengthening souls in this house today, doing continued works of healing and miracles in this house today, and getting us ready to meet him when he comes. Amen. Give him a hand clap and shout of praise. I hear the hand clap. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. God's already give you the victory. God's already give you the victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. On your way back to your seat, high five somebody. Tell them God's about to do some great things. I want to say thank you again to all that are here. Our visitors, we welcome you. God bless you for being with us today. We appreciate you. Those that have been out for sickness, but now you're back. We're glad to see you back. In the land of the living, we're glad to see you back off that bed of sickness. And, and those that are here that are maybe not feeling too well, just get ready because God's going to do some great things in your life. Amen. I'm going to try to, I'm not going to rush myself, but I'm going to try to be mindful of the time and, and, and do what we've got to do. I, I feel like God has confirmed some things from the beginning today actually before I ever mentioned anything about what my message was or anything I had, had a young man come up and said God spoke this to me while I guess during the Sunday school or between the services and he wrote it down and when I re read it I said yeah I want you to just wait and read that when I'm done because it just goes right along and he had no idea what I was going to preach but God went ahead and said let's Go ahead and let you know that you're in the right place and you're on the right track today. Exodus chapter 5. Exodus 5 in verses 20 through 23. Now if you 
have read the Bible, you know what's going on. God has already sent Moses and Aaron to declare to Pharaoh, let my people go. And we want to go and worship. And so Pharaoh gets tired of it. So he says, they must have a lot of time on their hands. They want to go off and worship their God. So I tell you what, let's take away the straw that they need for making brick. And, but we're not going to decrease the workload. But they're going to have to gather their own straw and keep up with the workload. And so Israel's a little upset. The ones who make brick are not happy. And here comes Moses and Aaron back from meeting Pharaoh. And it says they, Israel met Moses and Aaron who stood in the way as they came forth from Pharaoh. And they said unto them, The Lord look upon you and judge, because you have made our savor to be abhorred in the eyes of Pharaoh, and in the eyes of his servants to put a sword in their hand to slay us. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Lord, wherefore hast thou so evil entreated this people? Why is it, why is it that thou hast sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in thy name, he hath done evil to this people, and neither hast thou delivered thy people at all. And I want to preach for just a few minutes on this thought. It's only the end of a chapter, not the book. Let's pray for the lesson, pray for the message. Listen, God's going to do some things. Jesus, by your power. Lord, I ask you now, anoint these lips of clay and speak unto your people, O God. Minister to the hearts of your saints. Lord, fill my mouth with words that I might bless your flock. And God, we're going to be mindful to give you the praise and the honor and the glory. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. It's not the end of the chapter. It's only the end of the chapter. It's not the end of the book. Don't give up yet. I remember reading this just a couple of weeks ago. And as I was going through my yearly reading, and that just stuck out to me what Moses said. For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in thy name. He's done evil to this people, and neither have you delivered your people at all. In other words, God, I ain't seen you do nothing. But that wasn't true. It's just the end of the chapter, Moses. It's not the end of the book. And many of us have felt like Moses feels in this text. A situation arises, and Lord, since I started praying for this, it's just getting worse. I get one bad report after another. I have one mess, one mistake, one after the other. Bills are still piling up. I'm not feeling any better. Nobody's coming to church with me. I feel like I'm failing. Where you at, God? Why is it only getting harder? Why is it only getting worse? We need to read, and we will read. I know how we think sometimes. We'll read this and we'll read about Moses and in our minds we kind of rebuke Moses because 
Hey, don't you remember what God told you at the burning bush? Don't you remember the miracles that's already been performed? I mean, your staff turned into a serpent and gobbled up all the serpents of the magicians. And, you know, you, you're turning water to blood. Things are happening. You know, don't you understand that God's doing things? And I think that we think that Moses, sometimes I think we already think he's already been through the exodus. Because we know the story. You see, but you got to remember, Moses is not the writer of this story. He's the teller of it. He wasn't writing it down as it went along. He didn't know what was coming yet. He, he didn't know they done made it through the Red Sea and was dancing. He didn't know that the Passover had already happened. You see, we, we get that uh, Sunday school story early, and God brought the children of Israel through the Red Sea, so we just think about God's victory. We don't think about the man in the moment. And Moses, he's not the writer, he's the teller. God's writing his story. Moses is telling it. I wonder how Moses felt when he was recounting this in his mind. He's writing it down. He's probably thought, man, what was I thinking? How could I not trust God? But then he remembers, I didn't know that God was going to do this. And I didn't know that God was going to open up the Red Sea. And I didn't know God was going to bring us all through and drown. I didn't know that at the time. All I had was an angry mob ready to stone me. All I had was some people that said, hey, you're making it hard on us. Quit praying. Quit aggravating Pharaoh. What have you done to us? And so he just turns around to God. Hey, how come you ain't done nothing? You ain't delivered them at all. Not even a little bit. It's worse. It's just the end of the chapter, Moses. It's not the end of the book. Moses, like us, in a chapter of his life, feels like it's the end of the book. And we forget that God has promised. We forget that God has worked miracles. And so we cry out like Moses did. Hey, God, what's the deal? I'm praying. I'm trusting. It's only getting worse. What makes it feel worse is the absence of the answer. When the answer is absence, we can't think of anything but the bad stuff. Sometimes it's hard to even trust when we just don't see the answer right in our hand. And so, but let me remind you that God, the God you serve, is faithful. In Deuteronomy 7 and 9, Moses writes these words, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant when God promised Moses out of that burning bush I'm going to get my people out it's going to happen it might get, he didn't say anything about what it would take he just said it's going to happen I'm going to bring my people out by a mighty hand and so he says he keeps mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations you just keep on doing what's right God's going to be faithful you just keep on serving because God's going to be faithful you might feel like it's over, but honey, it ain't over. It's just the end of the chapter. It ain't the end of the book. In Psalm 36 and 5, the psalmist declares, Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and thy faithfulness reacheth unto the clouds. One place Paul wrote, God is faithful by whom you were called. And in Hebrews 6 and 18, he said, It is impossible for God to lie. If God can't lie, then you just look for it to come to pass. God didn't lie when he said he was going to bring them out. He just didn't tell them what all it was going to take to get them there. 
in the New Testament, Paul wrote to the Thessalonian church, 2 Thessalonians 3 and 3, but the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. 2 Timothy 2 and 13, he told him, if we believe not, and this is a good thing, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Let me tell you something. God's given you every opportunity. Even when you start getting a little faithless, even when you get to the place where you're like that man that had to fall down and said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. When I get to a place where it looks like nothing's working, I brought him to your disciples and they couldn't do anything. But if you can do anything... And he said, if you can believe, I know it looks bad, and maybe that didn't work, but I got the answer. Can you believe me today? Can you stay faithful to me today? Because it ain't the end of the book, son. It's just the end of the chapter. You're just a storyteller. God's the one writing it. God's the one pinning it out. God's the one ordering your steps. And this faithful God told Moses, I'm going to bring my people out. I've got plans, and if I say it, I'm going to do it. I'm not teasing. I'm not lying. I'm just not done with your story. Let me say it again. I'm not teasing you. I'm not lying to you. I'm not playing with you. I'm just not done with your story. There's some things that's got to happen, Moses. I got to get you under the blood. I got to get you and your people under the Passover. I got to get you under the blood. I got to talk to you about that lamb. I got to talk about no broken bones. I, I got some things I got to do before I get you out, Moses. Oh, you see what I'm telling you? It's just the end of the chapter, honey. It ain't the end of the book. God is still writing your story. And it might be one of them chapters where it's pretty hard. It might be one of them chapters that ends on a sour note for you. But God is faithful who has promised. God's still writing. God's still delivering. And God's still healing. God is still working miracles. And God is still for his people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, Moses, again, he's just a storyteller. God is the story writer. You don't write your testimony. You don't write your story. God writes it. You tell it. They are made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. You got God put you through some things so you could tell somebody. God will bring you out. God let you have cancer. You can say, God heals cancer. Yeah. God will let you lose everything and then bring it back so you can tell people, God will give it back. You'll survive a broken heart. You'll survive a broken home so you can tell somebody God can put it back. God can restore. God builds the wasted places. We like to hang on to stuff. And so when things shake our world up, we think it's the end. But if Job could tell me anything, he can tell me God will give it back. He'll give you your stuff back, and he'll give you your health back, and he'll let you be blessed past what you could even imagine. 
He, you might not know the way he's going, but he knows the way you're going. Because you're just a storyteller. He's the story writer. It's only the end of the chapter, honey. It ain't the end of the book. He's the author and finisher of our faith. The scripture just tells me, run the race. You know, the thing about that race, it's like every race you can think of naturally combined. It's cross country. It's hurdles. It's a sprint. It's a, a, a where you pass in batons. Relay, there you go. Help this old man. It's a marathon. It's in all kinds of weather. It's in all kinds of climate. Hallelujah. All I'm supposed to do is run the race looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. He's ordering your steps in his word. Though we fall, we are not utterly cast down. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. It might hit you, but it won't prosper. It might frighten you, but it won't prosper. <laughs> hey, dreamer. Hey, Joseph. There's a pit and a prison before your promotion. Come on, somebody. Oh, let me tell you about my dream. The sun and the, the stars and the moon all, all bow down to me. All your sheaves bowed down and, and, and made obeisance to me. Get in that pit. Sell him into slavery. Put him in the prison. Put him in a dungeon before he ever gets to the palace. Hey, Joseph, in that pit where no water is, I hear him talking about killing me. It's just the end of the chapter, Joseph. It ain't the end of the book. Hey, Daniel, praying every day. Hey, Daniel, there's a den of lions, and it ain't empty. There's a den of lions before you get promoted. Hey, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, you know what you get for standing up for God? You get the fiery furnace. But guess what? You survive it, and then you get promoted. It ain't the end of your book, honey. It's just the end of the chapter. God's still writing. You're going to get to tell it one day. Hey, I know what it's like to walk around in the fire. I know what it's like to be in the presence of that devouring lion and survive it. I know what it's like to be betrayed. I know what it's like to be lied on, but I know what it's like for God to come through because I didn't quit. I didn't give up. I realized this ain't the end of the book. It's just the end of my chapter. Somebody ought to lift your hands and praise God in this house. It might have been a rough go up to this point, but God ain't done with your story yet. God's still writing. God's still working. God's still got the power to do it. Woo! Hey! Hey, David. You've been anointed. You're going to be the next king. But you're going to fight Goliath. And the king that you deliver him and, and help his army, he's going to try to kill you. He's going to be slinging javelins at you. He's going to chase you. You're going to be hiding in caves and pretending you're a madman just to survive. All that before you get to the throne. But David did get to the throne. 
David did get to the throne. Because he didn't quit. Because somebody was throwing javelins at him. He didn't lose his heart when he saw Goliath cursing God and cursing God's army. He he just knew that, hey, you come at me with spear and sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. David knew something that all them soldiers should have known. That if God is for me, who can be against me? Hallelujah. But you got to remember... God is writing your story. David didn't sit down and say, hmm, let me pin out where I want to go today. Giant, hey God, can you get that on your schedule? I'm going to go find a giant, but I need you to be there. He just went to check out his brothers. Hey, we know why you're here, trying to spy, trying to see what's going on in the fight. You know what? They was embarrassed because they was shaking in their armor, and they didn't want to see the little brother because I'm sure he had already told them about that lion and bear. He probably comes skipping back in the house, sit down for supper one evening and said, man, you ain't going to believe it. Here come a lion. I don't see you hurt. Mm-mm, God gave him to me. I whooped him. Saved the sheep too. Bear, no problem. And now they send me a man to fight. Ooh, not me. Here come old David skipping in, looking like the shepherd, carrying some cheese. I'm just delivering groceries. He's delivering more than that. He was bringing more than that. I'm about to go down here and pick me up five smooth stones and handle this situation in the name of the Lord. And he went and took care of business because it wasn't the end of his book. It was just the end of the chapter. He wasn't worried about it. He knew that God was on his side. What Moses didn't know, though, see, is what we read. So we got the benefit of flipping ahead. We got to, you know, we can, we can read a little bit. We can look and say, hey, hey, what's going on here? What's what's happening? But see, when Moses is saying, hey, since I came to Pharaoh and you sent me to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people. And you hadn't delivered them at all. Well, Moses, what you don't know is this is just the end of the chapter. It's not the end of the book. What Moses doesn't know is what we read seven chapters later. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Seven. God's number. Maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe God said, hey, that'll preach. God's number of completion see God's going to do a complete work in you and see Moses don't know what's going on in chapter 12 yet because chapter 12 ain't got there see we think oh, he's, like he's supposed to telepathically know that, oh, that that's coming he don't know that's coming he can't remember. He's, he's like us. He's watching people cry. He's watching people get whipped. He's watching them get beat all because they ain't working hard enough or working fast enough for Pharaoh. And it's his fault. You the one aggravating Pharaoh. I don't see you in the mud making bricks. You just scooting in and out of the palace every day. Talking about what God's going to do. People was upset. Hey, hang on now. Hang on, Moses. It's just the end of the chapter, buddy. Listen, God's going to do a complete work. 
he will finish the story. And the man who was so cruel was now setting them free. Get out of here. Get your people, get your families, get your flocks, get your stuff. And he said, he said and bless me. I think he wouldn't tell them to turn around and pray for him. He was saying, it's going to be a blessing to me when you get out of here. And they didn't just leave empty-handed, but God let them spoil the Egyptians. So they was taking their garments, taking their gold and the silver and the jewels and all that. And they went out and spoiled the Egyptians and went out rich. But see, now Moses can kind of understand the blood was on them. Because by this time, the Passover had done happened. The blood was on their house. The blood's on your house. You see, what you got to remember now is that the blood's on you. To them, it was a token. And God said, when I see the blood, I'm going to pass over and you won't be destroyed. Well, listen, we have been purchased by the blood. The blood has been applied to this house. Uh, this blood has washed me whiter than snow. This blood is a token on every child of God. And he said, listen, it ain't the end of your story. It's just the end of your chapter. Come on, somebody. You got to know today that he didn't die for you. He didn't shed his blood and wash you water and snow to watch you be devoured by the destroyer. God is fighting for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? There ain't nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. So, before you shut the book, look where you are. It's just the end of the chapter. It ain't the end of the book. We belong to God. And he did not save us to see us destroyed. In Psalm 56 and 13, it's one of my favorite scriptures. It says, For thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt not thou deliver my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living? Now, a lot of people are going to read that and say, well, that scripture must not apply to me because I have fallen. He said, deliverance from falling. He didn't say stop you from falling. The Bible says, though a good man fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. There's deliverance for the fallen man. And see, falling ain't final unless you stay there. Falling ain't final unless you stay there. Because the scripture says, though he fall the hand of the Lord. When I, what do you do when you fall down and somebody's near you? You're like, here, help me up. You know what? God's always there. There's always a hand extended. You know, when he talked about there'll be a way of escape that you might be able to bear it, and sometimes it's that hand reaching down saying, come on, get up and keep walking. This ain't it. This ain't where it's over at. This ain't where it stops. So you say, oh, so don't, don't get discouraged by that scripture and think, well, God don't love me because I fell. I fell flat on my face, fell. You know what? Joshua fell flat on his face. And you know where he fell at? In the dust of the promised land. With the dust of the promised land on his face, he's going, God, where are you? Won't you look where you're laying at, dummy? He wouldn't call us dummy. Well, he might. (laughs) Hey, son. He said, get thee up. Get up. Sometimes we fall down 
on the promise, in the promise, but falling ain't final. It ain't the end. It ain't where you stop. It ain't over. God's not done writing. God's still working. God's still moving. Come on. There might be a fall between here and glory. One day I'm going to hear him say, well done, but I'm going to probably have some skint knees and some skint elbows and a few bumps and bruises, but I'm going to get up and keep going because between here and glory, there's going to be some trouble, but it ain't the end of the story. It's just the end of the chapter. I write unto you that you sin not. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying, oh, this, no, this, I, I know. We want to walk upright before him and, and be perfect in his sight, and we should strive to be so. But I'm not stupid, and God ain't either. And he knows if we're going to stumble, slip, and fall, and make mistakes, and cry, and make messes. He knows that. Don't quit. Don't give up. Repent. Get up. Keep going. God forgive me. If you fall, if you make a mistake, if you sin, you have an advocate, Jesus Christ the righteous. If you confess your faults, he's faithful to forgive. You know what? If you stop confessing, he stops writing. How can your story go any farther when you stop? When you stop, if Moses would have said at that burning bush, I ain't going, and made his mind up, you don't read nothing else about Moses and Pharaoh. I don't know who would have been there, but it wouldn't have been Moses. And that fire might have jumped off and just burnt Moses up. I don't know. But Moses said, I will go. He was reluctant. He didn't want to go. But he did. And look what happened. But see, Moses hadn't read chapter 12 yet. He's living chapter 5. I got a situation here, God. I've been praying it's getting worse. I've been praying. Ain't nothing, I don't see nothing happening. You're in good company. <laughs> because... That, that great cloud of witnesses, they learned how to pray and wait on God. They learned how to endure hardness as a good soldier. They learned that you don't get weary in well-doing because you're going to reap if you faint not. They realize that you, if you're going to be God's kid, you've got to have some stickability. You've got to stick with God. I don't even know if that's a word, but it is now. And so you, you tell your neighbor, hey, you need, let's get some stickability. Let's stick with God. Let's hang on with him because it ain't over. And now some of you are feeling pretty good right now because you're like, you know what? My story ain't over. Go and tell your neighbor, your story ain't over. And now you, you ought to be feeling good. You ought to be thanking God. Oh, yes for mercy. Yes for grace. Yes for God. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Ooh, but his compassions fail not. His mercy is new every morning. Let me tell you, God is always ready to take care of you, ready to save you, ready to fix you. Hey, it's just the end of the chapter, baby. It ain't the end of the book. Praise God. I better finish up. I said I was going to try to hurry, didn't I? But I'm, I feel good preaching when, when God told Paul that he would testify in Rome. There was a shipwreck and a serpent in between. But Paul made it to Rome. He went through a shipwreck. Had to swim to shore, trying to get warm by the fire, gets bit by a serpent. Trying to serve God. It's cold, swimming in this water. They, they wanted to kill him before they threw him off the boat. Hey, we just kill all these prisoners. But one centurion said, no, 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 let's don't. You know, God will put people to help you. That centurion was a blessing to Paul. Kept him from killing him. Now, don't, no, we're not going to kill him. If he dies swimming to shore, that's, up, that's, that's on him. <laughs> but we're not going to kill him. 
And so he gets there. Oh, don't you know what them, I wonder if them centurions were in there when Paul laid hands on that chief and, and saw him healed. Whew, what's going I'm glad we didn't kill him because if I, I get hurt out here in this jungle, I, I want this man praying. But you see, before you get to somewhere, before you get to that final place, before you get to where God wants you to be, you're going to go through some things. Because tribulation works patience and patience experience and experience hope and hope maketh not ashamed. Let me tell you, God's going to lead you through the valley of the shadow of death. But you're going to say, I fear no evil because this ain't where we're stopping. This ain't where the book ends. I'm getting through because there's a table on the other side. But you see, what we read about Paul's shipwreck and serpent attack, that was just chapters. That wasn't the book. It was just chapters, Paul. There was a time that Jesus made the statement to his disciples. And I'm getting ready to come down. Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. When he said that, it can't be changed. Because his word, he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. Hey, boys, let's go to the other side of the lake. Okay. So they hop in the boat. But between that shore and that shore, there was a bad storm. And Jesus was fast asleep in the bottom of the boat. But it said the boat was filled up with water. And they ran down there and said, Hey, Master, don't you care that we perish? You said, let's get in this boat and go to the other side. And now it's filling up with water. We can't even see the other side yet. Oh, thou of little faith. Now, that's a hard one to get past because I'm just thinking, if Jesus is in that boat, you know he ain't swimming. That boat is not going down. He's not going to drown. And you think he's going to let you drown? He didn't say, let me go to the other side. He said, let us, let us go. He didn't call you out to die in the storm. He said, let us go. That means everybody right there in that group was safe and sound. Hey, I'm going to get wet. It's going to be cold. I'm going to be scared, but I'm going to make it to the other side. Because I'm not abandoning ship. I'm not going to try to grab something and float off and hope I live. I'm staying in the boat with Jesus. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And stand with me. We quote this a lot, stitch it on pillows. Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. He didn't say you would never experience anything awful. He said, that's not the end. I'm writing your story. I have an expected ending to your story. Any man that's writing a book is going to write it all the way to the end. And until he pins the end, it ain't over. God's still working. In Hebrews 10 and 23, the writer says here, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. 
Whatever you're going through, you've got to know that God is going to come through. For he is faithful that promised. So he says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. And he could stop there, but he, he said, I better give him something to hold on to. And so he reminds us, he's faithful that promised. It's a lot easier to stick to my guns when I know that God is faithful. I've tried him. I know he's faithful. I've watched him work in other people's lives. I know he's faithful. I got no reason, Brother Larry, to let go. He's faithful. I got no reason to quit. He's faithful. I got no reason to doubt him. He's faithful. I, I didn't say I don't have questions. I don't say that I don't get scared. I don't say that I don't have uh, uh, depression and stress and anxiety sometimes over things. But, but one thing I am not in doubt of is my God. And he makes up the difference. Because it says I am complete in him. And so in the midst of where are you? I'm really saying, I know you're there. I just want to see you. I'm going to hang on. Because if you quit, that's where your story ends. God's not done writing your story. He's writing a story for you to tell. You ever sit with your grandparents or somebody elder in the church and they start talking about how God delivered them from sickness or how God showed them an angel or God did a miracle and you're thinking wow, God gave them stories to tell God's doing the same thing with us all these other people that had miracles in their lives their, their stories are written down for us to read but God's keeping record of us too it's not over what you're going through is not over now, this morning, without knowing what I was going to be preaching or anything, and between services, God gave this word to Brother Wendell, and he wrote it down. He showed it to me. He said, I don't even know what to do with it, and he let me and my wife read it. And I said, you just hang on to right after, after I'm done. I said, because it's going to go perfect. It's going to go hand in hand with this message. And when he gets done reading this, Everyone that wants to pray, I want you to come to these altars, okay? When he's done reading, that's the altar call. I want you to make your way this way and begin to pray. Pray with one another. And I want you to believe that your story is not over. Talking about the promises of God. There is nothing that aggravates hell more than a promise that's been held on to by a child of God. Some of us have, some of us, have been given a promise from God, and it hasn't happened yet. We have been promised seasons, and the season hasn't come. <sighs> Jesus, you feel like you feel like you've missed your opportunity. You feel like you've missed your season. You feel like you've missed your time. But God wants you to know that you haven't missed anything. You haven't missed your season. It's coming. Your time is coming. Your season is coming. Everything happens in God's timing. And I know it's hard. I know it feels like you're stuck. But God wants you to know that the clouds that you're standing in front of is not a storm, but it's clouds of blessings. And if you believe that, then you need to come down here and throw your hands up and say, God, I claim it. 
And I praise your name, Jesus.
You know, we were reminded at that conference of the scripture that says, and these things Jesus did and many other things he did. And he said, so many things that if we tried to write it down, said even the books of the world couldn't contain it. And, you know, that seems, that seems a little elaborate. That seems like a, a stretch because I, I think we could, theoretically, we could write enough books to contain what he did here in three, three and a half years. I believe we could. I believe he was speaking prophetically. Because God's writing all these stories. And not just in this church, but in churches all around this world. And in, and in back alleys and under bridges and, and in classrooms and places wherever people are meeting to talk about the Lord and people's getting right. In country, foreign countries, you know, in, in rooms hiding as they preach. And I believe that that's what he's talking about. That if we try to tell all the things, because listen... It ain't you and I doing it. It's him. And so, well, there, I don't believe we, now, now we're on the right page. There ain't no way to write down all the things that God has done for all the people. Only God's got that record. But I'll tell you this. I believe there'll be a bookstore in heaven. I'm just joking, but. But if there was, it'd be full of every one of our books. It'd be your story. And all those angels that don't have no idea what we go through, what God does for us, be checking them out left and right. That's a bestseller. You know what? Your story is going to be a bestseller. Your story, Brother James, is going to be a bestseller because it's going to talk about what God did for you. It's going to talk about how God brought you out. It's going to be the low where you feel like, hey, this is it. How am I going to escape? I was telling somebody a while ago, I said, it's going to be like one of them cliffhangers, like the chapter is going to end. Like, how did they get out of that? You're going to start the next chapter. Here comes God. Oh, God made a way. God came through. God did it. And I'm going to tell you something. Ain't nobody's story a throwaway. Power. Overcoming power in your story that God's writing. So tell it. It ain't finished yet, but tell already. Tell it. Let it be like a book club. We're just going to go through these chapters that's already here. Keep telling what God is doing for you. Keep testifying. Keep letting people know God is faithful. Yo, 26 years ago is when God called me out of this world into this truth. A lot of things have happened in 26 years, Brother Paul. But if the Lord tarries, I'm hoping for at least another 26. At least. At least. And it's going to be filled with things that God is still doing. Still doing. Still doing. If I live to be 80, I hope I'm still preaching. And if I live to be 80, I hope I'm still praying for people. And if I've got my eyesight and I'm 80, I hope I still see miracles, signs, and wonders. Brother Stevens, I hope I still see people praying and shouting for God. God's not done with you yet. Remember, he's the writer. You're just the teller. I love you. 
God bless you. Thank you for being in church today. Thank you, Brother Wendell, for obeying the Lord. It was perfect, God, just adding to what we needed, letting us know we're on the right path. God's going to come through for you. Amen. God bless you. Shake hands one another. Encourage one another. You can be dismissed in the name of the Lord. God bless you.